We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. There's so many voices out there. Can you agree with that? And I woke up with that. How many of y'all are old enough to remember the five Electric five man electrical guitar band. Y'all remember them from the 70s? Now, some of you, I know you wasn't even born. Your parents probably weren't even born, but I woke up with that. So, how many of y'all know that it's anointing to listen to rock and roll? You know, and so I woke up this morning with this song, Signs, Signs Everywhere, Signs, telling me do this and don't do that. How many of y'all remember that song? Whoa, there's some gray hair in here. I'm feeling better already. And some of you gray hair wasn't as isolated as a farm boy that listened to country music. You know, some of us know what rock and roll is, you know what I mean? And, and I was listening to that. I just got up and I had to go play it. And I had to play it loud enough and so that I didn't wake them up, you know. And I'm sitting in there quietly listening to signs, signs everywhere, signs. I'm going, yeah, okay, now God, how does that connect? And what I got to thinking was, was the fact that there's, there's so many voices in our country and they become pr- more pronounced. When we were, when I was a young minister, I've been preaching over 50 years now, and when I was a young preacher, all that you had to compete with was what people read. And then it became what they heard on a cassette tape, and now, now and occasionally Oral Roberts on TV, and now we are so overrun with information. I mean, it's just coming from us. And Rodney was right. It was coming from everywhere. How many of y'all love the fake news? I mean, you don't even know what's coming, right? I probably said, shouldn't have said that. But how many of y'all know that it's just signs and noise out there and and we get so confused with it all? You know, and I was thinking, I got to thinking about the 60s and that's when I was a teenager. And and how many of y'all remember, I, I need some of you gray hairs. How many of you remember the fear of the ozone layer? How many of y'all remember that? Yeah, we, we, we're going to burn a hole in the ozone and it's going to f- kill a whole bunch of people in Africa. How many of y'all remember that? How many of you remember the, the under the desk drills because of the nuclear bombs? Yeah, we, we jumped under the desk. You know, we had this fear that this voice, I, oh, come on. And then how many of you remember the preachers? The preachers preached against good stuff. Drugs, rock and roll, and sex, right? I, I know we're not supposed to use that three-letter word in here, but how many of y'all know that was, and what was, our, what was our message? Our go-to message was hit the rapture button. Y'all remember that? Jesus got to get us out of here. I'm, I mean, it, how bad can it get? You know, and I remember that song, Sign, Sign, says three of y'all need to smile at me. This is not going well. How many of y'all remember the song's lyrics of Sign, Sign, Signs? He said, I wanted to get in, but I had to have a shirt and tie. I wanted to get in, but I, I didn't I had to have a membership. I wanted to get in. And when I finally made it in, the last verse says, I finally made it in. I didn't have any money to put an offering plate. What were they saying to us? They were saying, I'm needing something that you have. But we were so caught up with the signs out here. We were so caught up with the ozone layer. We were so caught up with the bomb shelters. 
And then it came Y2K. How many of you remember Y2K? Oh my gosh. I mean, our denomination, we had guys' leadership that got us all buying generators. We didn't buy any generators. My church and I, we all had a meeting and said, that's total stupid. You know, we, 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 listen, I'm not educated. I was lucky to get out of grade school. You know, I mean, I am not an educated man. I didn't go through college. I don't have any things hanging on the wall. But I'm smart enough to know that Y2K, which time zone was it going to go bad? That's it. Come on. Now, how, how smart do you have to be to figure this stuff out, you know? And all of it is just a thing to keep us from hearing the truth. And God is going to raise up a voice. Come on now, help me here. God's going to raise up some voices in these last days that know how to speak truth and speak it clearly and f- so that this world can. If You don't need to grow in this house by getting other members from other churches. you got to grow because you've got a clear voice that's through a path to the king. If, if I was to read the text, and I'm probably not going to get there, but in Luke the third chapter... It says, prepare ye the way. How many of you know that the world needs the church to step up and make a clear path so that they can find Jesus Christ as the King and the Lord and the Savior and the one that is going to eventually take them into heaven? I want you to understand that the world is no different than it was in the 60s. It's just more of it. And it's got, we hear it more. That world is out there is seeking what we have. But we get so wrapped up into all of these voices that we forget that we're to prepare a way. Everybody's trying to find us, you know, what am I here on? What's my destiny? You know, what's my calling? Somebody said, what's your calling? I mean, I've been called everything. You know, some people call me a prophet. Some people call me an apostle. Some people are crazy enough to call me pastor. I mean, I've got all these labels. And I just said, listen, it's what what I try to do is be who Jesus was at the moment. And if he was a prophet at that moment, I'm going to be a prophet at that moment. If he was an apostle in this, I'm going to try to be. Does that make sense to anybody? We're all concerned about what are we? What's my function? And I just tell you, it's not hard at all. Our function is to bring Jesus to a lost and dying world. That they can see him as king. They can see his authority. They can see his rule and his reign. And I just, I, there was, I'm going to try to make this as brief as I know how this morning. But there's three things, three elements of this voice that I think has got to come. I think the first element is, is there's got this voice that's God's going to raise up. And, and I will just tell you, I love preaching after Pastor Steve Dow. I, there's churches I go to and I go, God, how in the world can I ever fit into that? And I listened to him last week and I'm going, I can follow that, you know. <laughs> and so there are these voices, God's raising up some voices. It's not going to be one voice. There's going to be voices that he's raising up that will speak, but one of the first things I learned about this voice is it has to deconstruct before it can construct. We are busy. While I was sitting there worshiping a while ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I just, I knew it was the voice of the Lord, Yvonne. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, my church world, not this church, the church world is building people up that I need to tear down. We're building people up that aren't building their life on sand. They're not even on the rock. 
I was with a leader the other day coming over here. And he said, I met with a group of, past, of, of church leaders and I asked them, well, tell me what it means to be born again. How many of y'all are born again? And these guys were in their 60s to 80s and not a one of their church leaders could identify other thing, anything other than I try to be a good guy. How many of y'all know that's not the foundation to build your life on? We've got to come back and find the way for God to help us deconstruct some things. There's going to be some hard days ahead. I would wish I could tell you that I could believe, uh, even as Rodney, that there's just going to be this great influx without some dark days. The dark days aren't over. There's still going to be a lot of pain. How many of y'all know America's headed to a lot of pain? I'm not going to get political or anything else except for the fact that America's headed for some dark days because God hasn't uh, birthed a politician with the answers yet, nor do I see one coming. Oh, how many of y'all remember that from last week's sermon? God is not going to raise up a politician. He's going to raise up a voice that knows how to tear down so he can build up, so that he can deal with the issues, so that he can elevate. Oh, oh come on, help me. Am I telling the truth? And I got to looking at that and I said, okay, God, what does that look like? He said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the low places. I have never, never seen a country that was so ridden with insecurity. We have so much going on in this country and yet we're the most insecure group of people that ever walked this planet. When I was a kid, we didn't even know what that word insecure was. It was never even voiced. Now we teach it to our children in grade school. I, when I looked at my grandkids and they go off to school, my prayer is God let them feel as good about themselves in the eighth grade as they do in the first grade because it's destroying who they are. How many of y'all, come on, help me if y'all know that our past, some of our issues, some of our personalities, some of the things that we're insecure. I don't say everything like I'm supposed to say it. And I know that makes some people nervous. But that's who I are. And I can't let that be a, make me insecure because I can't talk like Steve Dow. I was, I was raised 80 miles from him. I'm better than that. <laughs> uh, boy, I'd love to camp on some of these, but the, I just got to get through them. I mean, just say this with me. God's got to lift our insecurities. Huh? And then he says, I got to take down the high places. At the same time, we're some of the most proud people that ever walked. We have such an arrogance about us. My son, my oldest son, was telling me one day, he says, Dad, it blew me away when I realized when I was, a, he was, I think he was 11 or 12 years old, 12 years old, when the Olympics took place. And he said, when I looked at the screen and I saw that the United States wasn't winning every one of those golden medals, he said, I thought, what's going on here? We're the United States of America. We have such a high elevated idea about ourselves. And God's got to bring that down because a lot of it's built on false humility. Amen. And God's going to bring that. He's going to deconstruct some of our arrogance. Amen. I, I was with a, a man that he don't even carry a real title on the reservation. He's just the guy they have to get up and speak when they want something spiritual. And I sat with him for two hours and I, I told Pastor Steve last night, I said, I want to grow old. See, I'm not old yet. I want to grow old like that man. He was full of confidence, but not cocky. Yeah. He had a humbleness about him that you can feel the sincerity. The other thing is, is he's gonna make the crooked straight. 
what, what, what are we doing in this country? We have men who have preached the gospel, who have led worship to multitudes that are denying their faith and walking away right now. Huh? One day they're all the way over here, and the next day they're, they don't even believe Jesus Christ is who Jesus Christ says he is. We've got, to, we've got to get a consistent voice. That thing's got to be deconstructed so that God can construct a clean, clear path, a straight path. How many of y'all know straight is the, gate, the way, narrow is the gate that leads into the kingdom of God? And we've broadened that thing up so much to make people feel good. Listen, God hadn't widened it up because, well, that's our culture. He's still the who he said he was, and there's still got to be a straight path, and there's still got to be a defined road that we've got to walk. And then he said, I'm going to make the rough places smooth. I'm going to tell you, I believe God's going to level up some of that stuff out and make it smooth to where the people can get there instead of being hard. How many of you are glad we're beyond that thing where you've got to have a shirt and tie and a membership to get in the door? Amen. Huh? Amen. Yeah. You have it here. That's not everywhere. That's not everywhere. And God's going to make that path where the person that's broken can find a way into it. Amen? The second thing that I know about this voice, or at least that I feel this way, is that this voice has got to be free from systems. Say that with me, would you? Free from systems. You know, there's three prophets in the Old Testament, right? There's the prophet of the court. That's the prophet who was controlled by the king. And that, the good one we have is Nathan. He's the one who called David's hand. So we, you've got good examples of court, the ones who are operating under the king's provisions. But this is the guy who tells you it's all good. What President Trump's good. What the government says good. What the insurance company says is good. It's the guy who makes all of this stuff good. See, I just had dinner with a guy who pastored, who was a great church leader. He was at one time a national leader. And I don't know what he did. I don't care to know what he did. I don't want to know what he did. He and I double dated together when I was 16. He he asked my wife if she would go on the first date with me. Because I was a chicken. <laughs> Carolyn was too pretty for me, and I was no way was I going to be told no. <laughs> my ego was too fragile. <laughs> and something happened, and he spent eight years in prison. Eight years, ten months, and I think it was two days. And they have him labeled a sex offender. And he will never get out of that in this country until he dies. That ain't right. Jesus. We, we stand in this pulpit and say Jesus forgives us of our sins and gives, makes us. Is that what we preach? Yep. Then why the heck do we hold one sin above all other sins? Huh? Come on. Boy, it's, I got quiet. Thank you for saying hey, amen. How many of you know the voice of the court has got to be silenced in the voice of God raise up again. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to spend, I told him, I had two hours worth of teaching on this one part. <laughs> uh, this is huge to me. 
I think our, the voices that are being spoken within has got to be challenged. It's not, we don't give credence to the system. We give credence to the kingdom. Amen. The second part of that is, is the, there's the voice of the, what they call the cult. Took a lot of research to figure this stuff out. There's a cult voice, and that voice, I like to call it community because cult kind of has a bad connotation, but cult is really nothing more than a group of religious people or a group of other people. And what it is, is this is who were the priests. These were the guys who were your pastors. And what they would do is they would get alone. There would be about 200 of them. In one of the history books I was reading, there'd be about 200 of these cult pastors prophets in the Old Testament, and they would play certain music, and they would drum up certain spirits. They would do all the right stuff to get the voice of God to speak to them, and then they would all go disseminate that. Is that the right word? They would all share that word because they had 200 of them get together, and they knew that was the word that God needed them to share. And there was a prophet slash priest called Samuel that blew him out of the water. And I want you to know that God is going to raise up. He is raising up. I'm not, I'm not, he didn't pay me to come here. He didn't pay me, but he, I didn't come here to support this guy only. I'm just telling you this church ought to value the voice that's among it because it's not being manipulated by a system. It's being manipulated by the spirit of God. Is that, are you hearing me this morning? I believe God's going to raise up some voices across this country and they're not going to be afraid of what it cost them. That last one, and then I got to get through these, is the last one is what they, in the Old Testament, they call the peripheral voice. What we call it, the voice in the wilderness, the John the Baptist. That was Elijah and Elisha, those guys that went out there and they slept among the birds that fed them and they slept on the side of a creek. They, they slept behind, where you at, Sheldon? They slept beside their iron pony. I mean, those are the guys that works outside the system that the system wants to find fault in and wants to beat up and to denounce. But God is going to raise up some voices that are not yielding to the voice of the system and God is going to bring a re true revival in this country and we're going to hear the voice of God again and it's not going to be driven by success and money and uh, prestige and power. It's going to be driven by brokenness. I sent with the guys, I sent it to Pastor Steve, I sent it the other day. The only, I was reading after Apostle Paul and he said, I'm in the prison. And I said, the only prison I'm in is that I've got to please my father. I've got to do what he's, I'm committed to his com command on my life. That's the only thing I'm in prison to. How many of you know that's what Paul told us to do? God's going to raise up that voice and it's going to come clear and it's going to be clearly understood, but not not in a lot of churches. Not in a lot of churches. Because they've become deaf in their hearing. And they've been built on wrong foundations. And so they can't discern truth when truth is spoken. I would just tell you, this journey that I've been on and studying these three prophets has been about five weeks now. And I'd have to stop on the side of the highway and write down, this is what I want. I think everybody ought to have your values that you write down. You don't think them, you write them down. This is what I'm going to allow to speak into my life. A man that don't have integrity, he ain't going to speak into my life. 
he ain't going to happen. He ain't going to happen. The guy that tells me, that writes me a hot check, you think I'm going to let him speak into me? I don't care how great his prophetic word is. And I just saw some great prophetic words that he wrote on Facebook. And this is a pastor that writes me a hot check. Two out of three times I've been with him, he's written me hot checks. Do you think I'm going to let that man with no integrity speak into my life? But yet we don't ever even, oh God help me not to meddle here. But God doesn't, we don't, you are watching people and receiving words from them that you don't know one thing about. I could stand here and tell you things about guys that are on TV, the guys that talk about wholeness and talk about living pure, and when they get through taping that TV program, go to the local girly bar and spend some time. I could give you names. But see, we don't want to hear that stuff, and we'll let them speak into us, and that we receive a word that's compromised, and when an uncompromised word comes to us, we don't know how to receive it because it's against this one over. Oh, come on. Help me in the house a little bit. Man, I wish I could preach a fun message. Be honest with you. Up until, seven, six, up until six o'clock this morning, I didn't even know if I wanted to stand up here. It's, I don't preach fun messages. It's rough. My wife, I walked out of the last time I preached five weeks ago, and she said, oh, my God. I said, was it that bad? She said, well, it was real. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to tell you, when your wife tells you, I'm going, oh, Lordy. We've got to hear the voice of God. And that voice, the last voice that I'll tell you, but trying to close this round down. Don't get excited. I'm not two minutes away. I'm just trying to let you know I'm trying to wind it down. The third element of that voice that I believe is very important is it's got to have the fruit of repentance attached to it. Luke, the third chapter, verse 8. It's John the Baptist, the prophet of the wilderness, looks at him and he says, you want to know what you got to do? You got to show me the fruit of your repentance. We, man, we, oh, judge not lest you be judged. We pull that trump card for everything. There is a righteous judgment and there is an unrighteous judgment. There's times we have to call right and wrong and there's times we can't call right and wrong. We can't judge a man's heart. I get that, but I'm supposed to have some fruit of righteousness and the crowd looked at him and said what 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 do you need us to do john what what is it that you want us to do and he said i want you to start if you have two tunics i want you to take one of them off and give it away the first thing he addressed was their tight-fisted attitude and he said i'm going to have generosity the true repentant heart rodney wherever you're at what true repentant heart is about giving to god giving up the things that are precious to you giving up the stuff that's so important to you and i want to tell you god is dragging me through a knothole right now i've told you that i've had all this time by myself and all how God's been talking to me. But I wish I could tell you, Mike, that it was all good. I wish I could tell you that I was all shouting hallelujah. But there's times I wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit working on me. And I said, oh God, thank you for loving me enough to correct me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to not leave me where I'm at. Oh, come on, anybody in the house? Oh God, I'm thankful that you're working on me right now. You're helping me right now with this issue. He's dragging me, man, it hurts. 
I'm a man standing in front of you that's broken from the things that God's pulling me through right now. And the Holy Spirit told me real clearly this morning not to drag my mess into this thing. All I'm just going to tell you is, is that I'm thankful that Jesus has a way of helping us in our times of arrogance and times of thinking we got it all together and we, we, we need everybody to be like me. And you say, well, I don't believe that. Yeah, we do that when we judge somebody else because they're not doing what we're doing. We're saying they need to be like me. And God's trying to deal with me on some, oh, someone. That voice of generosity, if you're still tight-fisted, you haven't had the true repentance. I don't care what you say. That's what he said. Then he said, then the the tax collectors, say tax collectors. People hated them. It's almost the equivalent to IRS people. (laughs) IRS has a few little guidelines they have to follow. They didn't have any guidelines. You just send us this much and anything else, you get yours. And he told him, he said, you quit defrauding people. He said, you want to have, tr- have the true fruit of repentance? He said, start operating in integrity. I challenge you. We can all look at the preacher who wrote me hot checks and go, oh, I can't believe that happened. But where is the integrity value in our own personal? This isn't about judging Steve or Yvonne. not about judging each other. I started just start calling names out. We, we, we need to look here. God, where's my integrity level? Now, guys, let me help you here. If she asks you, do I look fat in this outfit, do not say yes. There is prudence, all right? Integrity. And then the last one. The soldiers looked at him and said, hey, what about us? What do we got to do? What's the fruit of our repentance that you're waiting to see? He said, quit intimidating people. Quit using your authority to intimidate people. You know know who's scary? I've had some big, bad bikers come to church. I've been around some big, bad boys. I've been around some boys that'll cut you in a heartbeat. I was in the situation one day, and I knew if I didn't set, if I didn't pull the plug quick enough, he was going to knife me. But if I pulled it too quick, he'd lose respect for me. Big around big bad boys. I mean, they're bad. You know who they're afraid of? The little gray-haired woman in the church. We use it to intimidate people, and God's going to raise up a voice. That challenges that intimidation. And we're going to give all fruit of this repentance that tastes good. How many of y'all want to be an aroma for Jesus? Huh? Where people just scratch and sniff. Huh? They get up next to you and they rub you a little wrong. And you go, they go, boy, he didn't act like I thought he was going to act. There's something here. I got a phone call. I got a text message the other day. A guy I hadn't seen in probably, I think it's uh, uh, nine years. And he said, I, I gave a spoon away in a church service. And I told him, I said, you all are given a set of utensils. You're given a fork, you're given a knife, and you're given a spoon. You will either jab somebody, cut somebody, or spoon up a cup of blessings. And simple, he still carries that spoon. Vietnam veteran. 
See, the point I'm trying to make is, is that those folks need to smell that off of us. Get that. It's not our deep theologies. It's just they need to smell us, feel us. Then we've got to be different. So how do I close this? Scott, how do, we, how do I bring all this to a conclusion? How many of y'all have really tried to be patient and it didn't work? All the rest of you liars, we've got an altar right over there. Some of us had our hand up, the rest of y'all. How many of you have had a sharp word? Yeah? I was standing in line, it was hot. How many of you know riding a motorcycle is hot in the summer? And I was hot, sweat was pouring off of me. And the stupid machine, you getting the feel? The stupid machine at Flying J would not take my credit card. I had to go inside to pay. See cashier. Cashier says, how much you want? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to fill it up. She said, we got to know how much you want before I can put it in the machine. I said, well, how come you're th that particular pump? That's the way we've got it set. And it was the one with premium fuel. How many of y'all can feel my temperature rising? <laughs> I mean, tell you, that, that sucker is rising. I mean, I can feel the old Gary Bird coming. And, I'm, and, and to top it all off, this flying J had a cash register, had an open space, and then all of us peons backed up behind that and waited our turn to step up to speak to this loyal cashier. That was kind of what I was feeling. Yeah, pray for me. But I'm going to tell you, I don't wear cut jeans. But... Uh, He and I have been yelling at each other the last couple of days. So, so I, I'm standing there, and I'm being a good trooper. I, I want you to text this to Carolyn. She's not heard this story. But I was being a good guy. I was standing my, waiting my turn as a little peon. Everybody's walking by. And this guy comes out of the restroom, wiping his hands where he's washed it, and steps in front of me. Jesus is nowhere around. <laughs> He's vacated me at that point. I said, hey, dude, line's behind me. <laughs> he reached out and said, honey, are you ready to go? His, his daughter was at the cash register. <laughs> How many of you know <laughs> my patch on my back didn't do any good at that point? <laughs> so how do we do this thing? How do we do it? I, I try hard to be a good guy. I really do. I try to say the right things at the right time. I try to, to be sweet. Sometimes my grandpa comes alive in me and I just, not sweet. So God, how do I do this? I can't, I, I, have you ever done it? You go, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. God, I'm mad. How many of you ever done that, huh? 
So how, how do we send this off? I'm so glad that he, all he asked me to do is to deflect him. That's all I got to do. All I've got to do is be attached to his vine. I tell, I tell drug addicts all the time, don't fight the drug. Fall in love with Jesus. Amen. I'm not going to take another hit. I'm not going to take another hit. I'm not going to take another hit. Follow him and drugs will fall off of you. Amen. Follow him. Attitudes will fall. And you're saying, well, what happened to you that morning? I don't really know. I'm not perfect yet. One day I'll be like Yvonne and we'll all be perfect. <laughs> I was trying to make you up for you. you. Yeah, he, he walked out this morning without kissing her goodbye and I thought, Lord, help me. he's got to have some help. Anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? There's so many people in our churches. I would like to just go around and ask you, what was the text you read this morning before you came? What was the text you read before you came? What was the text you read yesterday before you came? What, was you, what, what got you so wound up that you... See, what, was it that, what was your prayer this morning? Amen. What was the first thing on your mind? And then we wonder why we don't deflect His glory. It's not hard. I mean, it's not complicated. It's just very difficult because we have to die to ourselves. I think I heard somebody say that this morning. We have to die to ourselves, and to live in Him means to be saturated in His Word and in His Spirit. Amen? So this isn't hard. I mean, no, it's hard, but it's not complicated. We pastors and teachers and prophets and apostles and evangelists make it difficult and complicated. Jesus makes it very simple. Just be like a child. Sit in my lap and let me talk through you. Amen? Would you stand with me? Before I pray, <clears throat> if the Holy Spirit has triggered you in any way in the last 35 minutes that I've been speaking, if He's triggered you and He says, hey, we need to, you need to address this. You got some pride that needs to be taken down. And it's real simple. Somebody just has to look at me wrong. And I can tell if I got pride issues or not. Huh? If you got a little pride that needs to be dealt with, or maybe some false humility, some insecurities that need to be lifted up. And maybe you got some crooked spots that God needs to straighten out. Maybe you got some rough edges, and you know it's keeping people from finding the way to the king. Why don't you just come down here and join me? We're going to do this as a as a group together if any of you respond I'm not here as one saying I've got it all figured out I'm standing I think I've already told you God's been working on me these past five weeks 
Yeah, brother, thank you for being the first one. I want you just to come forward, and we're going to have a prayer together, and we're going to ask God to help us deflect Him. That he, when whatever He gives to us, we just deflect it out. Amen? Amen. Anybody else before we go? I'm not here, and I'm not a terrier. I don't, I don't wait along, all right? Amen. If the Holy Spirit speaking through you, to you, that's what we want to deal with. Amen. Holy Spirit just told me, some of you, it's pride that's keeping you in that pew. He's wanting to deal with that. Amen. I'm just doing what I feel at the moment. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you, would you just join hands across here? Just all of you that are standing, just come forward enough that you can join hands. Steve, Yvonne, would y'all join me up here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ronnie, I loved your analogy about the tree. And I do believe that. And I believe that God can do marvelous things. But we're not going to believe. We're going to believe that pride and all that dung is not going to come back in here. Amen. Amen. Anybody with me? Yes. Anybody with me? It's just going to be about Jesus and broken people. Broken people. I just sense the Holy Spirit was just saying to us that there's people here that are standing at the front. This is a moment of crisis for you. This is a moment of crisis. This is going to be a real death of some things. But don't be weary because there's going to be fresh life that's going to be born out of it. He's going to deconstruct some things so that he can construct some things. So that he can build it back right. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Join my hand, would you? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. I stand with Pastors Steve and Yvonne right now. Lord, I'm humbled to be in this house. I'm humbled to be with these two fine leaders. And Lord, we can only deflect what you give us. And Lord, we just ask that your word today, God will rest and resonate and move and God just restore places where pride has brought death, places where insecurity has brought death, places, Lord, of crookedness and roughness that has brought death. We believe for life. We believe for life in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would, these folks, especially, they're standing across the front of here. Lord, I believe that you're going to deal with those issues in their life that is keeping people from your kingdom. Lord, we have the best answer. We have the best thing going on planet Earth. And Lord, there are to be people. I was just reflecting over that song that we sang a while ago. Lord, you make us free and you make us whole so that we can tell everybody we know. Lord, we just believe that you make us whole. We, make, we believe there's people across the front of this line right now, God, that are in bondages to pride and insecurity and Lord, some crooked spots and some rough spots. And Lord, I believe that you're going to free them from that and you're going to restore them, Lord. And God, they're going 
going to be able to tell the story, not because they go out with a track and cram it in somebody's hand, but somebody's going to walk next to them and they're going to smell a sweet aroma. And they're going to want to know where that sweet aroma came from. And they're going to want to know what makes that person different. And Lord, there's going to be an aroma and a freshness of your spirit because these folks are going to attach to the vine in a closer manner. They're going to get closer attached to you and they're going to flow. Lord, the vine is not going to flow with their blood, but going to flow with your blood. It's not going to flow with their spirit. It's going to flow with your spirit. It's not going to be the fleshly spirit, but the Holy Spirit. God, I believe you're going to do that in these folks in the name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you. And I glorify you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Bear with me just a moment. Let's pray. If you are a person that prays in your prayer language, don't be afraid to do that right now. I'm trying to get a direction from the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just sense that the Holy Spirit, he, he kept bringing this back to me and I resisted it, but I'm just, I'm, there's nothing supernatural about me, but I just sense that the Holy Spirit is wanting me just to lay my hand on you. I'm just going to put it on your shoulder as I come down this line. And I'm going to believe that when I touch you, that that bondage is going to be broken. What are you got to, some of you thinking, well, this pride is really something not so cool. I want you to understand that it is a sin that God hates. Insecurity is something God hates because he created us in his image. And God wants to break those things off of you. And I'm just going to lay my hand on your shoulder and I'm going to believe that the work is going to be, can you agree with this? Am I, am I operating under your anointing? I'm just going to believe that God's going to break this loose. Am I going to tell you it's all going to be fixed? No, I'm not going to tell you it's all going to be fixed, but I'm going to tell you the work will begin. And God will begin the rebuilding. He's going to deconstruct you when I lay my hand on your shoulder and the, the reconstruction will begin as you fast these next three days you're going to have and you're praying for other people and you're praying for this laborers to come in God's going to start reconstructing you you think you're going to be praying for somebody else but God's going to do a work in you as you're praying for somebody else Rodney can you agree with what I'm saying hey man we're going to do it I want y'all walking with me would you do that please we're going to believe that God is going to deconstruct Hallelujah. And I'm not going to pray any lengthy prayer. I'm just going to lay my hand on your shoulder and say in the name of Jesus, that's all I'm going to do. And if you need more counsel, some of you may be standing here and you need more. I assume you have a prayer team that will can pray with them. So we will make that available to you if you need more than just a prayer. In the name of Jesus, I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the name of Jesus. Broken. Deconstruction, Lord. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus deconstruction in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus. 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 Tear it down, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Tear it down, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Deconstruction 
deconstruction, Lord. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, deconstruction. Deconstruction, Lord. Deconstruction. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Deconstruction. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tear us up, God. Tear us up. Tear us up, Jesus. Holy Spirit, tear us up. Holy Spirit, tear us up in the name of Jesus. Tear it down. Tear it up to turn the soil over, God. In the name of Jesus. Deconstruction. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus. Deconstruction in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you folks there standing across the front, will y'all look at me for just a minute? Y'all look at me for just a minute. Pastor Steve and I were raised in rural Oklahoma. And we were raised around farmers. And one thing that we know for sure, there's a whole lot that I don't know, but I know one thing for sure. And that's that soil continuously turned with discus, a shallow turning, develops a hard pan. And that hard pan will reject true fertilization, true water. And those crops will grow up. The, the, uh, Jesus dealt with it in the parable of the sower. The seeds will grow quickly but die because of a lack. Some of it, we have had so much positive thrown into us in our culture. The church world knows that we're beat up with insecurities and troubles in our world. And so we constantly are offering a building up, which only is turning the soil about four inches deep in our hearts. And as I laid hands on these last four back here, the Holy Spirit, Steve, began to speak to me. And he said, I'm going to take the chisels to these people's hearts. I'm going to stick that chisel down deep. (laughs) I'm going to put that chisel down deep. And I'm going to turn that soil down deep. And those roots will be able to take place down deep. Man, God had this service in plan all alone. He didn't even, I didn't know what he was going to say. He didn't know what I, but God's weaving the two together. If you want to be a part of that tree that's jumping up, you're going to have to have that soil down deep turned over. And God's going to run you through it. And one of the things that I would just encourage you is the things that's going to change who you are, that's going to change your path, is the people you listen to. Be careful who you're listening to. If they're building you up on a bad foundation, you get that voice out of your head. You listen to somebody that'll jerk your chain around and tear you up and pull that junk out of your life. Get that sin out of your life. Instead of saying sin's okay, it gets the sin out of your life. And God deals with that stuff. Oh, come on. Help me in the house. I believe God's about to do something, Pastor Steve. I believe he's going to turn some soil. I'm tired of churches half inch deep and 10 miles wide. God's going to build Christian heritage. Heritage on soil that's been turned deep so the roots can go deep. 
and hold on to the heritage of the King. Amen. I love you people. Thanks for allowing me to speak to you this morning. May God bless you. Pastor Steve, I turn it back to you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Let's give God some glory. Can we do that? Thank you, brother. That was a word from God. Please be seated. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.